Welcome to the Vitality Radio Podcast, your source for the truth about health, wellness, and real alternatives to drugs, surgeries, and the status quo of healthcare. Here, you'll find information that empowers you to take control of your health. But it's not just about health and wellness, it's about the politics of healthcare and protecting your health freedom. Now, here's your host, Jared St. Clair. Welcome to Vitality Radio. I'm your host, Jared St. Clair. It's good to be with you again on another beautiful day in Salt Lake City, Utah. It is fall, and with the fall comes a fresh and amazingly articulate and yet hollow and almost completely transparent load of propaganda from the CDC and major news outlets. That's what the rant will be on today. I have a wonderful interview that I already recorded with Maggie Frank. Uh, We're going to talk about some uh, really interesting stuff about the central nervous system, about immunity, about gut health, and about hemp and CBD and how it all interrelates. going to take it uh, a different approach than what I've taken in the past on the radio. I think you'll really like it. But because I have that interview done, I know I have limited time to deliver this rant because that interview takes a pretty good chunk of the show. So I'm going to get right into it. It's time for the morning rant. In a world full of often confusing messages about health, let Jared be your guide through the smoke screens of corporate greed, media bias, government ineptitude, and propaganda. When you see what is really happening, you'll be ranting too. It's time to expose the hidden agendas. It's time for the truth. It's time for the vital rant. All right, here we are. So propaganda, I talk about it a lot. I use that word more and more on Vitality Radio, and I think it's important. When I think of propaganda, I think of Nazi Germany. And when I think of Nazi Germany, I think of evil. I think of uh, some really horrific things that happened not that long ago, and that we all need to remember for future reference. But propaganda can be applied to what Hitler said about the Jews, as well as it can be applied to so many things that are being said here in this country right now when it comes to our health care. And I'm not comparing the Holocaust to what's happening with health care in America. Don't get me wrong. I am comparing the propaganda because the machine is real, it is alive, it is well, and they are spinning lies like you would not believe in Washington, among other places in this great country of ours. So let's get right into it. I'm going to read a propaganda piece that was written by Erica Edwards. Erica Edwards from NBC News. She's relatively new on the scene, apparently. And boy, she has already head first dove into this pool of propaganda because this article is so that. So I'm just going to go ahead and read some of the things that she said. I'm going to explain how I feel about it and why I say it's propaganda. Let's jump into it. First, the headline. The headline's always important because we know we're in a, uh, what do they call it, a clickbait society, a headline society. 
Everybody's getting their news in little tiny snippets. Well, this headline says, this year's flu season may be a bad one. Here's why you need a flu shot. So if all you read was the headline, you would take from that that it's going to be a bad flu season. Maybe this is the year I should get my flu shot, right? Something like that. Well, here's how it kind of starts out. I'm going to skip down just a little bit, but it says a pediatric flu death has already been reported in the U.S. A four-year-old in California who had underlying health problems. We should never forget that the flu still kills. Dr. Cameron Kaiser, a public health officer of Riverside County, California, said in a news release announcing the death, a death so early in the flu season suggests this year may be worse than usual. Kaiser warned. Now, let's go into that for just a second. A death so early in the flu season may (laughs) suggest that this year may be worse than usual. Okay, first off, I don't want to make light of the death of this young child. It's tragic. A four-year-old with quote-unquote underlying health problems, who knows what they were, dies after apparently contracting a strain of the flu. So, Using that death as a fear tactic is what I take um, offense to. What's happening here is so typical. Okay, so one child dies who was already health compromised because apparently they got flu, uh, got the flu and had complications. And now this doctor is thrown out there on his pulpit. Oh, you know, one death this early that suggests it could be terrible. Well, it it suggests absolutely nothing, but the convenience factor is almost laughable because next week on Vitality Radio, we're going to talk about pregnant women and the flu shot and how incredibly convenient it is, what studies they pay attention to and what studies they try to stomp out like they're putting out a wildfire. We'll talk about that in a little bit more propaganda for you. Is it too early to get the flu shot? No. Doctors say people should get the flu shot now, and certainly before Thanksgiving. The concern with delaying it is that some people who might have the opportunity to get vaccinated now may not have that opportunity later, said Dr. Robert Atmar. I don't even know what that means, because they're going to be dead? He doesn't elaborate. The concern with delaying it is that some people who might have the opportunity to get vaccinated now may not have the opportunity later. Is he serious? You have the opportunity to get the flu shot later. You have the opportunity to get the flu shot all year long. It's at Smith's, it's at Walgreens, it's at Target, it's at every grocery store, every pharmacy, every health department. There's no shortage of flu shots nowadays. This is not going to be an issue, Dr. Robert Atmar, but again, just words, just words to increase urgency. That mean nothing. The CDC recommends everyone over age six months be vaccinated against the flu, especially expectant mothers. It takes about two weeks to build immunity to influenza after getting the vaccine. But even then, the flu vaccine offers only partial protection. Last year, the vaccine didn't work well. Its overall effectiveness was just 29%. Doctors blamed the poor match on a surprise second wave of H3N2 flu activity late in the season. Okay, so there's actually some valuable information. 
finally, Erica, you did it. You put one sentence of valuable information in your article, and this is what it is. The overall effectiveness of the flu vaccine last year was, quote, unquote, 29%. Well, that doesn't sound very good. And yet there's all this urgency building. We have to get the flu shot. It's so important. And if we don't get it now, we might not get the chance later. We might be dead or we might have shipped off to a desert island. I don't, I don't know what Dr. Atmar meant by that still. I'm a little confused. So the next part of the article, why should I get the flu vaccine even if it doesn't work well? Oh, I love this. There is plenty of evidence. I'm going to emphasize that. Plenty of evidence. There is plenty of evidence that the vaccine can ease the severity of the flu if you do get sick. Doctors say people who get the vaccine generally don't feel as sick if they do wind up with the flu. And they're less likely to develop complications of the virus, including pneumonia and death. Partial protection frequently gets overlooked, and we shouldn't forget that, says Dr. Schaffner, because it's those complications that do you in. Really, Erica? Plenty? Plenty of evidence that the vaccine can ease the severity of the flu? Well, that's interesting because throughout your article, you did such a wonderful job of uh, linking to other articles, to studies, to back up all the stuff. You backed up the 29% effectiveness. You backed up that uh, there was a surprise second wave of the H3N2 flu vaccine. You backed up what the CDC says about the vaccine and so on and so forth. But guess what? There's not a single link, not one link to anything about the quote unquote plenty of evidence that the flu shot does ease the severity of the flu. Well, guess what? That's because she couldn't find any evidence. There is no evidence. There's no evidence. In fact, there's no evidence that the flu shot actually works. We'll get into that in just a second. But there's definitely no evidence that it makes the flu less bad if you get it. Heck, over the years at Vitality Nutrition, I've had literally dozens, maybe hundreds of people come and tell me that the year they finally got the flu shot, they got the worst flu they've ever had. Now, that's all anecdotal evidence, but it's a lot of people. Is that plenty of evidence, Erica? Is that how that works? You've heard from somebody that maybe that was the case, and so, whoo-ha, that's the evidence. You know, we're in this age of science-based, evidence-based medicine. That's what they like to call it. Oh, and they frown so heavily on things like herbs because there's not enough evidence-based medicine when it comes to herbs and vitamins and minerals, except when there is, then they want to keep it really quiet because it's not a pharmaceutical. We can't make that much money on them. And so, of course, we have to be careful to only have evidence-based medicine because that's what we do in this country. Evidence-based medicine, the evidence mostly telling us that what we're doing is hurting people as much or more than it's helping them. But at least we have evidence. I mean, we have evidence that the flu shot was only 29% a match to the flu strains floating around last flu season. Let's see what it is this flu season. We'll see. But when there is evidence, they'll cite the evidence. When there is not evidence, they just say things like, there's plenty of evidence. Trust us on this one. There's plenty. I mean, really, there's a lot. There's so much. I can't cite all of it in this article. So we're just going to say there's plenty of evidence without any citation whatsoever. Brilliant journalism. Excellent propaganda, Erica. I'm so proud. Okay, so I'm going to be sharing more information next week about the flu shot and throughout the flu season because I have to. Because of all the things, of 
all the things that I rant about on Vitality Radio. Perhaps the most frustrating one, because there is so, so thin, such thin threads of evidence that there's any value to it at all, and yet it is shoved down our throats every single flu season, is this blasted flu shot. I can't get into all of it today. I'm going to talk about some of it later, but I am going to leave you with this because there's some real value in this. A scientist and researcher at Simpson University in California, Dr. Brian Hooker, really wrote a nice article about this, and I'll be referencing it again next week. But he opens it with saying, it's flu shot season again. Notice he said flu shot season, not flu season. I like this guy already. And the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, otherwise known as the CDC, continues to push vaccines on the population, pregnant women and infants included, in a futile effort to prevent cases of influenza. Ooh, futile effort. What? What? I thought this stuff worked. Brian Hooker, tell us more. Even though we hear towards the end of each flu season that the effectiveness of the vaccine is very low. He's right. In 2014, it was 7% effective. Wow. That's, thank goodness 100 million people got vaccinated that year. Actually closer to 150, but whatever. The average over the last decade, 44% effectiveness. But, he continues, it's worse than that. The percentages reported by the CDC as effectiveness are based on the ability to match the most prevalent strains of flu infections each year with the flu antigens used in the yearly shot. This does not take into account whether the flu shot actually confers any type of immunity in the patient at all. Because when they say effectiveness, they're saying they guessed correctly or incorrectly, not that the flu shot actually works. And I've been trying to say that for 10 years on this show. I will continue to say it. He goes on to state something or uh, cite something that I think is incredibly valuable when it comes to the flu shot. In 2014, the prestigious Cochrane Review stated that the flu vaccination shows no appreciable effect on working days lost or hospitalization. Moreover, out of an average of 71 individuals receiving the flu shot, only one case of the flu was prevented. For every 71 people, only one is prevented. That's a whole lot lower than the 29% effectiveness that they said they had. And that's from the Cochrane Review, which is a non-biased source of information. They do not take money from drug companies. That's a big deal. They are actually considered one of the most unbiased sources of medical studies in this country. And they said themselves in 2014, the flu shot might work for one of 71 people vaccinated. Perhaps not worth it. Perhaps. Okay, I've got to cut to a break. When I come back, I've got Maggie Frank coming on. She's great. This interview is awesome. I really think you're going to love it. You're listening to me, Jared St. Clair, and this is Vitality Radio. After decades of helping people with their nutritional supplement needs, I have observed something that seems almost universal. People seem to have a lot of products that they have experimented with Some might have been recommended by a blogger online, others from a magazine article, and yet another by a friend or family member. Information is coming at us at a rapid pace nowadays, and everyone has an opinion. The problem is that there is only one really big wild card in health and nutrition, and that wild card is you. 
I know you've heard the infomercials, seen the ads, or talked to that neighbor who has that cure-all product that can do it all for your health. The problem is that supplement doesn't exist. What's right for your neighbor isn't always right for you. At Vitality Nutrition, we've been asking the right questions for years. What I mean by this is, we don't just sell supplements, we consult with our clients and ask them the key questions needed to make sure we match the right supplement to the right person. If you feel better about a team approach to your health, give us a call and one of our well-educated Vitality team members will answer your questions and help you find just what it is that you need to address your health concerns naturally. You can reach us at 801-292-6662. That's 801-292-6662. Or drop us an email, info at vitalityradiopod.com. That's info at vitalityradiopod.com. Welcome back to Vitality Radio. I'm your host. My name's Jared St. Clair, and it's good to be with you once again on another beautiful Saturday in Salt Lake City, Utah. I'm excited today. I guess I'm excited every Saturday that I get to do Vitality Radio, so that's not a whole lot different. But today I have what I think is going to be a fresh look at a topic that I've tackled quite a bit on Vitality Radio. And uh, I've got a guest who has not been on the show before. We had uh, I had the pleasure of speaking spending some time talking with her before the show and getting to know her a little bit. I've also had the pleasure of hearing her uh, seminars a couple of different times at various uh, places that we've been at the same time. So love doing this show. If you like what you hear, go tell somebody. We would love to continue to build this audience and become more and more informed about our health, health freedom, and all the things that have to do with building our best vitality. That's what Vitality Radio is all about. And now it is time to introduce my guest for the day. Her name is Maggie Frank. She is the National Educator for Plus CBD Oil. And we're going to talk about things that we have not really tackled when it comes to CBD. So kind of a fresh perspective uh, on CBD, on hemp, and a few things, like I said, that are kind of maybe a little outside of the box of what you may have placed CBD in uh, from the conversations you've heard up to this point. Maggie, welcome to Vitality Radio. Thank you for having me, Jared. I'm really excited to have you on, and uh, I wasn't quite sure what approach I wanted to take with today's show until we talked before the show and you gave me some great ideas. So I'm really excited uh, to get into this and we don't have enough time as usual. So let's jump right in uh, talking a little bit with a refresher of the endocannabinoid system. What is that? What does it mean and how does it relate to CBD? So essentially our endocannabinoid system is our body's main adaptogenic system. It helps us adapt to life. It keeps our response to stress healthy and balanced. It keeps our inflammatory levels balanced. It helps us with our brain and how it works. It's going to help with our gut health, with how we move throughout life. And in order for us to stay our physical, mental, and emotional healthiest, it's really important to make sure that we're nourishing and supporting our endocannabinoid system on a regular basis. If the endocannabinoid system is part of our nervous system, why is it, I guess, in your estimation, that the endocannabinoid system seems to be kind of out of whack in so many people? Well, its, its health is predicated on so many things that are deficient in the American standard lifestyle. 
Um, and it's also affected by a lot of the things in our environment. So when we look at how it stays healthy, it needs a healthy balance of omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids. Most Americans get far more six than they ever should. Their intake of omega-3 is severely deficient. I believe the last statistic was 93% of America. That's going to throw the endocannabinoid system off. When we look at gut health, we need a healthy gut to have a healthy endocannabinoid system. And we see that most of America is walking around with some level of gut dysbiosis or an imbalance in their good to bad bacteria ratios in their gut. Um, not moving enough. If we're not moving enough, we see that the receptors think of hands reaching out, wanting to make friends with cannabinoids. We see that those density of receptors dwindle drastically. Most of America doesn't move around enough. Um, we see that alcohol, medication, environmental toxins, GMOs, they all destroy the endocannabinoid system. And most of us are exposed to those on a very regular basis. Okay, so there are some biggies there. So let's go through that a little bit. Uh, Omega-3s, which you said 93% of us are deficient in, and that's something we've talked about quite a bit on Vitality Radio. Lack of exercise, lack of movement. And you also mentioned one that I think is pretty important that I'm not quite sure. It's, it's, it's interesting to me as I kind of search for words on this, how critical the gut is to all of this stuff. Like that seems to be the ground level of our health across the board. I talk about a lot on this show for sure, but how does the gut specifically relate to the endocannabinoid system? We see that the quality of our gut health is connected to whether or not our receptors are healthfully regulated and reaching out to make friends versus being down-regulated or hiding behind the back. We want them reaching out. Gut health is, is connected to that. We see that gut health is connected to our body's ability to absorb fats. Without healthy fat, we can't create those internal or endocannabinoids. We see that whether or not our gut is able to stay intact in the tight gap, the tight junctions in the gut, whether or not they're able to stay tight and keep us from experiencing things like leaky gut is directly connected to how healthy our endocannabinoid system is. So they, they're literally holding hands. Their relationship is 100% intermingled. One of the things that I try to deliver to people is, you know, real life ways that we can improve our health in, in simple terms. Would it be wise then for someone who's investigating CBD or currently using it and having success with it to then also add in uh, something to help with their gut, uh, whether it be probiotics or prebiotics or things like that? Yes, they are definitely friends, as is eating foods that support the gut, whether we're looking at the colorful fruits and vegetables, whether we're looking at your fermented food products, we really want to make sure that we're taking care of our gut health. Um, probiotics are obviously a great way, considering most of us have lived lifestyles that have reduced the number of good bacteria as well as the variety of strains in our gut. Okay. And what about omega-3? What do you recommend there? So that's a really personal choice, dependent upon whether or not somebody is vegan and um, vegetarian or what their dietary intake looks like outside of supplementation. 
I am personally a fan of fish oil for myself and for our family. We all do very well on it. If you're vegan, you probably, when you're looking at DHA sources, are going to prefer an algae source. I also believe that most of America needs far more than just a DHA or an EPA supplement. I personally take one to two tablespoons a day of Udo's oil, which is a really high quality combination 369 formula. And that provides my body not only the EPA and DHA, but it provides my body the volume of omega-3 that's going to support joint health, skin elasticity, healthy hormone production, um, so on and so forth. I also am a huge fan of Udo's oil and a regular user myself. So I echo that in a big way. So then taking omega-3s, uh, helping to do things, because there are a variety of things, obviously, and this isn't a gut health show, but a lot of things you can do for gut health. Those are only going to make CBD more effective. Is that what you're saying? Oh, 100%. Not only will they, not only does it make CBD more effective, two and a half years now with CB Sciences, what I've seen is actually people can lower their dose of CBD, the more in line their ratio of omega-3, omega-6 intake is in their diet. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Meaning you give us less of your money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, obtain better health for yourself in, yeah. uh, by, by so doing. Yeah, because the thing is, of course, anybody that comes across and says, you know, our product fixes everything that's wrong with you is uh, either lying or has been misled themselves. So we always have to look at the whole the whole picture of things and the body as a whole when we're trying to determine, you know, what we need to do to improve our health. One thing, too, that I want to I want to hit that I think is really important when it comes to gut health and when it also comes to omega threes, those are both big deals when it comes to inflammation. Right. Huge, huge. Really, the endocannabinoid system existed long before we had cannabis in either its hemp variety or its high THC variety. So the system itself was able to function for a very long time without the help of CBD. It's simply that our modern life, industrial farming, this convenience mindset that so many of us fall into really is setting this system up for failure. And it makes CBD a great option um, for people like me who really do our best. We're knowledgeable about what's going on in our environment. We do our best to mitigate those things. I look at a hemp extract as essentially a superfood that supports my endocannabinoid system in an environment that's setting it up to fail. But it's only one part. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And that actually works really well to segue into the next uh, area that I want to discuss. So the most common things, you know, we've been at Vitality Nutrition and Bountiful. We've been selling CBD uh, by CV Sciences for over four years now. And during that time, we have seen routinely that almost everybody coming in for it is working on something that I think people would logically attached to the central nervous system, things like sleep issues, stress issues, pain issues, things like that. And certainly it's phenomenal stuff for all those categories. But there are other things that CBD can do for people that I don't think anybody ever talks about. Maggie, help us understand some of the other areas where CBD might be useful. Well, we've spoken about gut health. Not enough people look at it as an option for gut health. Another area where I believe people are missing an opportunity is in regards to our immune systems. 
we're coming up on cold and flu season. People are going to start getting sniffly and kind of gross. And when we look at the endocannabinoid system's role in the immune system, it's pretty profound. The endocannabinoid system essentially modulates any function that requires a signaling molecule. In the immune system, that's over 350 different processes. So the healthier we can keep our endocannabinoid system, the more capable we will be of fighting off infection and virus, but also the more effectively we will get over those things if we do happen to draw the unlucky card. I like that. And you, you skimmed over it a little bit. I want to go back just a little bit. How does you talked about gut health impacting the cannabinoid endocannabinoid system, but how does CBD specifically improve gut health? It's touching on every single area of modulation when we whether we look at monocytes, lymphocytes, when we look at its ability to regulate inflammation, when we look at its ability to manage histamine response in allergies. We see it in our body's ability to create all of those good immune fighters that come to our aid when we actually do get sick. Helps with our macrophage production um, and breakdown. The list is pretty endless when we look at its support of the immune system. Okay, so then one thing that I thought was very interesting, and I think you might find interesting, maybe you've already heard this before, but I've now had two, only two, but two people come into Vitality Nutrition and specifically say that their doctor, of all people, recommended CBD to see if it would help with their IBS symptoms. Oh, I love this. Is that cool? Yes. And I mean, it really <laughs> is getting to the point where we're starting to see I've been working in this industry for about 15 years, um, about seven of it as an educator. Before this, I worked for a company called Vibrant Health. We made efficacious whole food supplements, superfoods essentially. And I, I lectured for them for three and a half years. I have never in all my time speaking about holistic options have ever seen an ingredient bridge the East meets West holistic convention world together. I really do see this as a bridge ingredient. I think it's absolutely beautiful that doctors are seeing these benefits in their patients and really often not understanding why they're seeing the benefit are still embracing this as an option. Yeah, it really is encouraging. I'm hoping to hear doctors start recommending it for, you know, things like anxiety and pain as well. I it was really surprised with the IBS thing simply because that's, again, kind of outside the box of where I think most people put CBD in terms of usefulness. Uh, and so that surprised me, intrigued me. I think it's really cool. And I think you've even taught us a little bit, you know, why it might be useful for something like that. So most people that are dealing with more chronic gut issues, you know, such as IBS type symptoms and things like that. They're relying, if they're doing it naturally, they're relying on things like probiotics, digestive enzymes, fiber, uh, prebiotics, and so on. You feel that CBD fits in with that uh, group of supplements as well? 100%. When we look at CBD, we see that it lowers gut inflammation in people who are suffering from inflammatory bowel and gut conditions. We also see that it's able to help maintain the integrity of those tight and gap junctions in the endothelial lining. As long as we can keep those gap and tight junctions closed, 
we don't go into a leaky gut situation. That's a big correlation in these ulcerative bowel and gut issues that we see in these autoimmune conditions. We see that most of those people end up with some form of leaky gut. And once we go there, we start to see a lot of other health crises come through as a result. So whether we're looking at the inflammatory and the symptomology, or we're looking at the long-term effect of the condition on the body, CBD offers a wonderful opportunity to a natural alternative to drugs for a lot of people. Really love how you put that. Thank you. That was great. Let me ask you another question. I know there are certain things we you know can and can't say based on the FDA and things like that. But uh, can we talk a little bit about the difference between acute pain and chronic pain and where CBD falls in to those categories? So chronic is something that we're going to see is ongoing. It's something that we deal with all the time where acute pain is typically significant. It's trauma-based. And we usually see that in a couple weeks, it'll maybe even months, it'll dissipate. When we look at the role of CBD and both of those, obviously we're in preliminary. Nobody knows for sure. And the thing with CBD that's interesting is that it doesn't work the same or it works the same in people, but people don't get the same immediate outcome. So when we look at chronic pain, I love it as an option for chronic pain. People are dealing with something long-term. There's obviously an inflammatory component to that condition. By getting that endocannabinoid system in balance, they're going to most likely see benefits at some point. When we look at acute pain, it can be kind of hit or miss taking it internally um, because the endocannabinoid system may need to pull itself together in an area that's not directly related to your pain first. So you may not immediately get pain response. Some people don't. So when we're looking at like a cue, I fell, I hurt my knee, I usually will go with a topical option because you're depositing it directly into the receptor sites in the skin that are screaming for it. And often we'll see that that will guarantee that that person gets the result in that acute localized area. I want to dive deeper into this topical versus internal thing in just a second. But before my brain jumps the tracks. I want to talk about one other thing that I think is really interesting and very much real life right now for me. Uh, so first, uh, a little bit of a, a quick history here. We There are three different forms of CBD, basically, or categories maybe is a better way to put it, that your company makes. And, and it's sort of color-coded. It's called a red, a green, and a gold. And uh, without the benefit of being able to visualize these things on the radio, uh, basically there's, you know, liquids and capsules and things in, in all three categories. But what's interesting is we had a hard time, Maggie, trying to figure out who in the heck are we supposed to actually sell this red stuff to, which is the raw CBD. They're your acute pain people. That's and where you go is the CBDA. So glad you people. said that because when we heard that that was the case, uh, from actually uh, our local representative of your company, Tina, uh, we started recommending it like that. And we had a customer come in who is a really regular. I see her a couple times a month, every month, wonderful lady. Uh, and she was asking about migraines. And basically we said, you ought to try this, see if it helps. We haven't really had a bunch of feedback on it. And we recommended the red CBD. 
her words were next time she saw us, the best migraine I've ever had. Now that's funny, <laughs> right? <laughs> I love it. But she's yeah, talked we, about it. The CBDA binds to the same, or you doesn't bind, but uses the same enzyme pathways as our over-the-counter pain relievers. So we see that that CBDA in people who are dealing with acute, significant pain issues is often a faster way to go. Um, of course, there are many people who use our gold product for pain or our green product for pain, but I've also met many people who tried that for pain and it helped with their sleep instead, or it helped them have less bloating after they eat a meal, um, or they were more resilient to stress where that CBDA has just profound benefits we're seeing in, in a lot of people when it comes to pain issues. Okay, so here's a real life story for you that's even closer to home. I got back from the dentist uh, two hours and 45 minutes ago. I had a cavity filled that was causing a toothache for the last couple of weeks. And it was... I would say moderately painful. Anybody who's had a really good toothache knows that it can be pretty brutal. It's a very unhappy kind of pain. Uh, and I had not, for whatever reason, in fact, I use CBD gold on a regular basis. And I had not used the, the red, specifically the raw CBD for my tooth. Well, as I was coming out of anesthesia, literally about an hour hour and a half ago, uh, right before we got on the phone to discuss this conversation we were going to have, I took uh, two capsules of the red. I popped one of them open in the in my mouth and let it kind of absorb through the mouth and I swallowed the other one. And when I was coming out of anesthesia, my tooth was, it was hurting pretty bad. In fact, I was thinking this is not going to be a pleasant time to do an interview uh, for the radio show. And I actually, I'm totally pain-free right now. And I have been probably for about the last 45, 50 minutes. So maybe about 45 minutes after I took it, something like that. And I've unfortunately had enough dental work to know kind of how this stuff goes. I'm shocked. I, and you're, you're listening to someone who has literally taken probably 15 to 20 total pills of ibuprofen in the 47 years I've been on here on earth. I don't take painkillers. I don't, you know, when I, when I, when I can avoid it, I avoid it uh, as much as I possibly can. And this is only one experience, but I'm extremely hopeful for the more instant relief type of benefits of the CBD red uh, based on this and based on what we're hearing about migraines and things of vitality. It's really exciting because the truth is, you know, we've owned vitality nutrition. It's been in my family for 42 years and we have not had great products for acute pain. We've had lots of things that help with chronic pain and inflammation and things like that for years now. CBD, I will say, is probably the best of the best of anything we've seen for most people. But acute pain, I've never seen anything like it. I'm kind of blown away and it's very exciting to me. It's my go-to for menstrual cramps. I'm lucky to not suffer from them often, but when I do menstrual cramps and then headaches, I... That is where I go every single time now. That is awesome. It's really, really great news. And I can't wait to uh, hear more stories from uh, people that uh, pick it up from us here at Vitality. So excellent. Okay, we don't have a whole lot uh, left here, but I want to jump into that internal versus external. So you mentioned that for acute pain, you know, uh, a 
stubbed toe or a, a bruised knee or whatever that the external for you know acute stuff can work better. Uh, what about like if you've got someone who's got a chronic thing like a bad knee, for instance, uh, maybe there's osteoarthritis or whatever, and they're taking or they're considering CBD. Is it internal? Is it external? Is it both? What, what should they consider? So if somebody comes in to me and they tell me they're in pain, I'll ask them, where are you in pain? And if they can point to the pain, it's my shoulder, it's my knee, like there's spots. I'll then ask, do you know what caused the pain? Now, if they fell off their bike and this is something short term, they may be completely fine with just a topical. They want to deal with the knee and the shoulder pain. That topical may bring the inflammation down, increase their mobility, get them back in the game, get the pain down. Now, if they tell me, well, my knee pain is caused by osteoarthritis or rheumatoid arthritis, even more so, um, rheumatoid's obviously an immune issue that facilitates as a localized symptom. In that case, I'd be guiding that person to take both an internal and utilizing a topical for the local symptomology. Okay, excellent. Now, you mentioned something that I think needs to be understood, and I've, as I've explained it to my customers at Vitality over the last little while, it seems to open some eyes in terms of how to use CBD. There are receptors for the endocannabinoid system in the skin itself. Is that right? Completely lined all throughout the skin. In fact, if you've ever had a massage and you've had somebody like do such a good job that you almost got tingles up your spine, mm -hmm. that was that person hitting a CB1 receptor site and shooting anandamide throughout your body. Now you just made me want a massage. <laughs> Right. So yeah, we have cannabinoid receptors all over our body if we're having issues that are facilitating topically, um, whether they're itchy, icky, dermatitis, flaky, psoriasis type pathology, that would be more your CBDA in the red bottle. Um, but if it's that bump, bruised, inflamed, or painful pathology type stuff, we're going to look at that gold as your best option to get deep and to get that inflammation down. Okay, so I want to make sure that uh, everything's clear for people. So there are receptors uh, all throughout the entire body, including in the skin. Uh, what? How does CBD behave differently if it's applied externally to the skin versus taken internally? And how do people, you know, kind of gauge what makes the most sense for them? When we take it externally, when we put it on our bodies externally, essentially, it's going directly into the receptor sites that are localized in that part of the skin. Um, and it's going to be absorbed through the bloodstream. When we absorb it from taking it orally, we see that it's going to be digested and broken down. And the body essentially is going to use it to modulate the entire endocannabinoid system. So if our hope is to get relief to our pain in our elbow, taking it orally, that might not be the place that our body needs the benefit first. We might get benefits to stress or to gut health. So when somebody's looking to really deal with pain or inflammation or eczema psoriasis in that one area, we'll often tell them if they want the fastest relief to that one space, putting it topically is going to be a better option. Um, however, if that localized symptom is caused by something systemic, 
as we often see in something like eczema or we see in rheumatoid arthritis, then it would be advantageous not only to use it topically for those flare-ups, but also to get to really the heart of the issue, which would be the systemic problem. There's a lot of questions out there on CBD that I think still remain unanswered for a lot of people, even though the information's out there. And so to clarify, is there a concern with taking, you know, quote unquote, too much CBD if we're taking it internally as well as using it externally? The answer is no as far as when we look at overdosing. We've never seen anybody overdose and become toxic as a result of taking more CBD than they should have. However, there are um, certain experiences that people will report when they've taken in more CBD than their body needed. Some people will experience feelings of being very sleepy, or we call that an anxiolytic effect, where they feel very, very tired. Some people will report a little bit of nausea. They, they took too high of a dose. They used too much, whether it was orally or topically, or they did some of both. Um, they'll feel a little bit nauseous um, or may have loose bowels for a little while. But those are those are the isolated signs that you've taken in more than your body needs. And for most people, the cost of CBD would be prohibitive to ever get to those type of intake levels. Yeah. So in other words, most people using it in kind of a standard dosing range aren't going to experience those types of issues. No, they're not. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's certainly been our experience at Vitality. We've had people experiment with a variety of different potencies. And the interesting thing about CBD that is is really quite fascinating is that, in, and you touched on it at the very beginning of our interview today, is that the milligram dose is far more dependent on the individual and what's going on with their endocannabinoid system than it is their age, their weight, their sex, their condition it seems to be a very much just this is how CBD behaves inside of this particular body versus this body uh, more having to do with what the condition of the endocannabinoid system is to begin with. Is that how you've seen it? 100%. And it's not just the generalized state of the endocannabinoid system, but research, early research is also showing us that there's just genetic predispositions. Some of us are genetically predisposed to create higher levels of um, what's known as FA, fatty acid amide hydrolase, which is the enzyme that breaks down um, our body's natural internal cannabinoid known as anandamide, which is our natural bliss. So some of us just create more of this enzyme that can potentially steal our bliss from us. Um, whereas others of us naturally produce lower levels of this. And whether or not your system runs high or low, that's definitely going to affect how much benefit you see in a CBD product. Yeah, exactly. So, so again, I, I mean, I guess probably to simplify that, it is uh, – it's totally dependent on you. It is 100% something you have to empower yourself to figure out. Nobody can tell you yeah. how you'll feel. Nobody can tell you what dose you'll need. And nobody can tell you after you start how long it'll actually take for you to start to feed the benefits or where you'll first start to notice them. It's 100% personalized care. Yeah. So to experience it is uh, something that has to be 
has to be done on the individual basis. And just because I say it took away my toothache doesn't necessarily mean that it'll work the same for you. The beauty of CBD, though, and, and something that I stress uh, a lot to people is that because we're talking about a uh, CBD extract in the case of the things that you're marketing with through CB Sciences, uh, it is a high CBD, very, very low uh, THC extract. There really isn't a major concern about experimentation. You can start with a low dose, work your way up. You can experiment with, you know, morning and evening doses, middle of the day doses, topical versus internal. And kind of worst case scenario is maybe you spend a little extra money as you're experimenting, trying to figure out what works for you. But once you find your kind of CBD sweet spot, as I call it, you may be very, very pleasantly surprised at how well your body responds. You are... 100% correct. That's exactly what I tell people. And that's exactly what I've seen. The biggest thing that I, I see for people utilizing this product is that that listening to their body has become a foreign concept. <laughs> it really has. We, But what will yep. I know? What am I looking for? Well, when you start to see that you're responding to stress in a more positive way and it's not completely ruining your day, look at that. When you're sleeping better and you're not waking up three times a night, pay attention to that. Pay attention to how your knees hurt after a really good workout or in a situation where they used to hurt. People start to see that these little improvements are taking place, but we've been so so conditioned over so many years to let somebody tell us, take two of these based on your weight, and this is exactly how you'll feel. And with this ingredient, you definitely can't do that. It just is something that you have to figure out for yourself. Absolutely. Uh, and I think that's a great place to sort of uh, draw that point to a conclusion because we're going to have to wrap, wrap up here in a second. But before we do, uh, just a couple of words, if you don't mind, on the value of the hemp plant itself. And first off, let's talk about the type of hemp that you're using to produce your CBD. So plus CBD oil is made out of true food fiber hemp. It's botanical hemp. We don't hybridize it in any way. We don't manipulate the ratios to prefer any one molecule. It's wild growing, true agricultural hemp fiber stock. And it does give us a good amount of CBD, but CBD is such a small part of it. And I obviously am excited about CBD. I think the endocannabinoid system and learning more about it holds so much promise. But I'm even more excited about what hemp can do to our world and our country. We see that it creates a CO2 basin. So the more hemp we can grow in unused land, the more carbon we can get out of the atmosphere and down into the soil, where it can actually improve everything that will grow from that soil going forward. We see that it has benefits to soil erosion. It's naturally drought resistant. We see that we can use the fiber for every single thing we make glass, plastic, fiberglass out of currently. We can make um, alternatives to concrete. It's called hempcrete. And it's naturally flame resistant. Can you imagine California during wildfires, if every home was built out of hempcrete, what that would save our country in trauma cost? Like it, It's just mind-boggling what the future could be if we as a country embrace this crop once again. Absolutely. It's so cool. And, and I encourage you, if you're a regular listener to Vitality Radio, you probably already understand that I, I look at these things beyond just the medicinal 
uh, value. I look very much at what's happening politically in this country, uh, what's happening in terms of uh, you know socioeconomic stuff. All this stuff matters because health is more than just what's happening inside your body. It's also what's happening inside your mind and your soul. And the stress that is coming from every possible angle, it seems, into our lives right now is almost overwhelming. And I think it is overwhelming to some people, certainly. And we have to recognize that we are, we have basically one of two options. We can be part of the problem, right? Or part of the solution. And we have now finally, after in decades of prohibition, we now have industrial hemp or the, you know, the food fiber hemp is now, you know, once again, legal, uh, thanks to the farm bill, uh, that was passed. Things are finally going in the right direction when it comes to hemp. And all we have to do is go back to the quotes from our founding fathers as to the value of this crop. And of course, the research that we ha have now with modern technology is just amazing. The hempcrete thing I had heard of, Maggie, but I had totally space that that even existed. So I appreciate you bringing that back to my attention. Yeah, I very, actually very cool I visited a home in Bellingham, Washington that is made completely of hemp. That is yeah, awesome. It's pretty amazing. So awesome. <laughs> and is, is it true? Because I've seen a meme and I don't know if it's true or not. Is there is it true that Henry Ford actually built a, a Model T out of hemp at one point? Yes, he did. We could be switching our cars over to hemp biodiesel. It's cleaner than any alternative we know of today. Like it just it, it's endless. We could be wearing hemp fiber clothing and put that petroleum side of the clothing market make it obsolete essentially it just it, it literally if if we had never in 1937 eradicated all cannabis from the american landscape and we had kept hemp growing at the level it was growing then we most likely would be looking at a completely different america and that's the america i'm hoping that we can we can get to at some point Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Maggie, you're a wealth of information. This was an awesome uh, time talking to you about this. I really appreciate it. And you passed the test. You can come back on Vitality Radio because you said I was 100% right twice. <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. I don't get that very well, thank often. You. <laughs> so I really appreciate that. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. We've gone way over time. Uh, and that's okay because the value of what was said, I think, is is fantastic. Maggie Frank from uh, the National Educator for Plus CBD Oil uh, is who you've been listening to. Thank you so much for your time. And I hope to have you on again soon. I look forward to it. Thank you so much, Jared. Thank you. I have loved this show. The interview with Maggie, I loved, I really enjoyed doing the rant, got kind of fired up, but gets the juices flowing. Hopefully there's some value for you. We're going to talk more about the flu shot next week and give you more statistics to really help you decide if it makes sense for you. Remember, I'm not your doctor. I don't claim to be your doctor. I don't even want to be your doctor. All I want to be is a source of information that you can use to help you make better informed decisions about your health. I do not claim to be a medical professional or give that type of advice in any way. Uh, so please make sure that you understand that. I am Jared St. Clair. This is Vitality Radio. If you like what you hear, go tell somebody. Thank you so much for listening. Again, I'm Jared St. Clair, and this has been Vitality Radio. You've been listening to the Vitality Radio Podcast. Enjoy your week. In the meantime, 
Jared will be feverishly searching for the latest nutrition info to educate you on and wading into mounds of propaganda to help steer you through it. Vitality Radio is researched and written by Jared St. Clair, produced by Elizabeth Joy Windham, with very limited help from Jared. Our awesome music is by Brian Bob Young. Support Vitality Radio by subscribing and giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or your favorite podcast source. Don't forget to follow us at Vitality Radio on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Please let us know your thoughts about this episode by using the hashtag Vitality Radio Podcast. And if you like what you hear, go tell somebody with a share, a screenshot, or an airdrop. Thank you. Hello, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Vitality Radio. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast has not been evaluated by the FDA. This podcast is provided with the understanding that the information shared is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a medical professional. Thank you.